daily reading. Miracles. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, original edition published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. Or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also on that website, there's an option to subscribe um, tab called Lesson Sign Up, where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the lesson as well as the text reading for the day. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. Today we can... Oh, wait now. We're not continuing. We're starting a brand new chapter. <laughs> chapter 21, The Inner Picture. The Inner Picture. We'll be reading Section 1, The Introduction, and Section 2, The Imagined World. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 234. Father, today I am your son again. And by way of opening this morning, I'd like to share a roomy poem that I don't believe I've ever shared before. It's so beautiful for this lesson and the introduction to the imagined world. Uh, I couldn't resist it. It goes like this. The moon said to the stars, Do not look at my dark side, for it is unseen by me and unworthy of love. And the stars said, I see your darkness and light and love your contrasting nature. Would it be love if I only loved the half that reflected my shining? At a distance, you see only my light. Come closer. Come closer and know that I am you. Father, today I am your son again. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. I have never heard it before. Hmm. That's a humdinger, huh? Um, yeah. Great poem. Great poem. For the Get thing. to the point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's our reading list, my friends. We have Karen, Fran, Jennifer, and Lemoyne. We're joined in listening this morning by Harrison. Does anyone else come along that would like to say good morning and be on the reading list? Good morning. This is Ida. I'm listening. Good morning, Ida. Good morning, dear. Hi. Hey. Hi, Ida. Yeah, I'm listening. I got up a little late this morning. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Hi, Robin. Glad you're including us and and you're getting ready. Um, Okay. So today we begin a new chapter. Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, and we'll start with paragraph one in the introduction. Projection makes perception. The world you see is what you gave it, nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not less. Therefore, to you it is important. 
is the witness to your state of mind, the outside picture of an inward condition. As a man thinketh, so does he perceive. Therefore, seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. Perception is a result, not a cause. And that is why order of difficulty in miracles is meaningless. Everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. Nothing perceived without it means anything. And where there is no meaning, there is chaos. Friend. 21, the inner picture, introduction. Projection makes perception. The world you see is what you gave it, nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not less. Therefore, to you, it is important. It is the witness to your state of mind, the outside picture of an inward condition. As a man thinketh, so does he perceive. Therefore, seek not to change the world, but will to change your mind about the world. Perception is a result, not a cause. And that is why order of difficulty in miracles is meaningless. Everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. Nothing perceived without it means anything. And where there is no meaning, there is chaos. Two, damnation is your judgment on yourself. And this you will project upon the world. See it is damned and all you see is what you did to hurt the Son of God. If you behold disaster and catastrophe, you try to crucify him. If you see holiness and hope, you join the will of God to set him free. There is no choice that lies between these two decisions, and you will see the witness to the choice you make and learn from this to recognize which one you chose. The world you see but shows you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see in you and to accept as yours. And if this is its meaning, then the power to give it joy must lie within you. Thank you, Fran. And Karen. Two, damnation is your judgment on yourself. And this you will project upon the world. Be it as damned, and all you see is what you did to hurt the Son of God. If you behold disaster and catastrophe, you try to crucify him. If you see holiness and hope, you join the will of God to set him free. There is no choice that lies between these two decisions. And you will see the witness to the choice you made and learn from this to recognize which one you chose. The world you see but shows you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see in you and to accept as yours. And if this is its meaning, then the power to give it joy must lie within you. Two, the imagined world. Paragraph three, never forget the world the sightless, quote-unquote, see must be imagined, for what it really looks like is unknown to them. They must infer what could be seen from evidence 
forever indirect and reconstruct their inference as they stumble and fall because of what they did not recognize or walk unharmed through open doorways which they never thought were closed. And so it is with you. You do not see. Your cues for inference are wrong. And so you stumble and fall down upon the stones you did not recognize, but fail to be aware you can go through the doors you thought were closed, but which stand open before unseeing eyes waiting to welcome you. Thank you, Karen. And Jennifer. Never forget the world, the sightless, quote-unquote, see, must be imagined. For what it really looks like is unknown to them. They must infer what could be seen from evidence forever indirect and reconstruct their inferences as they stumble and fall because of what they did not recognize or walk unharmed through open doorways which they thought were closed. And so it is with you. You do not see. Your cues for inference are wrong, and so you stumble and fall down upon stones you did not recognize, but fail to be aware you can go through the doors you thought were closed, but which stand open before unseen eyes, waiting to welcome you. How foolish it is to attempt to judge what could be seen instead. It is not necessary to imagine what the world must look like. It must be seen before you recognize it for what it is. You can be shown which doors are open and you can see where safety lies and which ways lead to darkness, which to light. Judgment will always give you false Judgment will always give you false directions, but vision shows you where to, where to go. Why, why should you guess? Thank you, Jennifer. And Lemoyne. How foolish it is to attempt to judge what could be seen instead. It is not necessary to imagine what the world must look like. It must be seen before you recognize it for what it is. You can be shown which doors are open and you can see where safety lies and which way leads to darkness, which to light. Judgment will always give you false directions, but vision shows you where to go. Why should you guess? There is no need to learn through pain, and gentle lessons are acquired joyously and remembered gladly. What gives you happiness you want to learn and not forget. It is not this you would deny. 
Your question is whether the means by which this course is learned will bring you the joy it promises. If you believed it would, the learning of it would be no problem. You are not happy learners yet because you still remain uncertain that vision gives you more than judgment does and you have learned that both you cannot have. Thank you, Lemoyne. Um, do we have a new reader now for five and six? New reader for paragraph five and six. This is Sandra. I can read. Thanks, Sandra. Bye. There is no need to learn through pain. There is no need to learn through pain. And gentle lessons are acquired joyously and are remembered gladly. What gives you happiness you want to learn and not forget? It is not this you would deny. Your question is whether the means by which this course is learned will bring to you the joy it promises. If you believed it would, the learning of it would be no problem. You are not happy learners, yet because you still remain uncertain that vision gives you more than judgment does, and you have learned that both you cannot have. Six, the blind become accustomed to their world by their adjustments to it. They think they know their way about it, in it. They learned it not through joyous lessons, but through the stern necessity of limits they believed they could not overcome. And still believing this, they hold those lessons dear and cling to them because they cannot see. They do not understand the lessons keep them blind. This they do not believe. And so they keep the world they learn to see in their imagination believing that their choice is that or nothing. They hate the world they learn through pain, and everything they think is in it serves to remind them that they are incomplete and bitterly deprived. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another new reader for 6 and 7? Okay, uh, back to you, Fran. Six, the blind become accustomed to their world by their adjustments to it. They think they know their way about in it. They learned it not through joyous lessons, but through the stern necessity of limits they believed they could not overcome. And still believing this, they hold those lessons dear and cling to them because they cannot see. They do not understand the lessons keep them blind. This they do not believe. And so they keep the world they learn to quote-unquote see in their imagination, believing that their choice is that or nothing. 
They hate the world they learn through pain. And everything they think is in it serves to remind them that they are incomplete and bitterly deprived. 7. Thus they define their life and where they live, adjusting to it as they think they must, afraid to lose the little that they have. And so it is with all who see the body as all they have and all their brothers have. They try to reach each other and they fail and fail again. And they adjust to loneliness, believing that to keep the body is to save the little that they have. Listen and try to think if you remember what we will speak of now. Thank you, Fran. And Karen. Seven. Thus they define their life and where they live, adjusting to it as they think they must, afraid to lose the little that they have. And so it is with all who see the body as all they have and all their brothers have. They try to reach each other and they fail and fail again. And they adjust to loneliness, believing that to keep the body is to save the little that they have. Listen and try to think if you remember what we will speak of now. (coughs) Excuse me. Eight, listen, perhaps you catch a hint of an ancient state, not quite forgotten, dim, perhaps, and yet not altogether unfamiliar, like a song whose name is long forgotten, and the circumstances in which you heard completely unremembered. Not the whole song has stayed with you, but just a little wisp of melody attached not to a person or place or anything particular. But you remember from just this little part how lovely was the song, how wonderful the setting where you heard it, and how you loved those who you were, who were, and how you loved those who were there and listened with you. Thank you, Karen. And Jennifer. Eight, listen, perhaps you catch a hint of an ancient state not quite forgotten, dim, perhaps, and yet not altogether unfamiliar, like a song whose name is long forgotten, and the circumstances in which you heard completely unremembered. Not the whole song has stayed with you, but just a little wisp of melody Attached not to a person or a place or anything particular. But you remember from just this little part how lovely was the song. How wonderful the setting where you heard it. And how you loved those who were there and listened with you. The notes are nothing, yet you have kept them with you not for themselves, but as a soft reminder of what would make you weep if you remembered how dear it was to you. You could remember, yet you are afraid, believing you would lose the world 
and learned since then. And yet you know that nothing in the world you learned is half so dear as this. Listen and see if you remember an ancient song you knew so long ago and held more dear than any melody you taught yourself to cherish since. Thank you, Jennifer. And Lemoyne. <clears throat> the notes are nothing, yet you have kept them with you, not for themselves, but as a soft reminder of what would make you weep if you remembered how dear it was to you. You could remember, yet you are afraid, believing you would lose the world you learned since then. And yet you know that nothing in the world you learned is half so dear as this. Listen and see if you remember an ancient song you knew so long ago and held more dear than any melody you taught yourself to cherish since. Beyond the body, beyond the sun and stars, past everything you see and yet somehow familiar, is an arc of golden light that stretches as you look into a great and shining circle. And all the circle fills with light before your eyes. The edges of the circle disappear and what is in it no longer contained at all. The light expands and covers everything, extending to infinity, forever shining, and with no break or limit anywhere. Within it, everything is joined in perfect continuity. Nor is it possible to imagine that anything could be outside, for there is nowhere that this light is not. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Sandra. Beyond the body, beyond the sun and stars, past everything you see, and yet somehow familiar, is an arc of golden light that stretches as you look into a great and shining circle. And all the circle fills with light before your eyes. The edges of the circle disappear, and what is in it is no longer contained at all. The light expands and covers everything, extending to infinity, forever shining, and with no break or limit anywhere. Wherein it, everything is joined in perfect continuity. Nor is it possible to imagine that anything could be outside, for there is nowhere that this light is not. 11. This is the vision of the Son of God, whom you know well. Here is the sight of him who knows his father. Here is the memory of what you are, a part of this with all of it, it within and joined to all as surely 
as all is joined in you. Accept the vision which can show you this and not the body. You know the ancient song and know it well. Nothing will ever be as dear to you as is this ancient hymn of love the Son of God sings to his Father still. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another narrator for 11 and 12? Eleven and twelve. I'd do it, Lori, if I could get it on my phone, but thank you, it's Mindy. Can't. Very good. Okay. Did you say you can't? No. Thank you. I'm sorry, I, I didn't understand, Mindy. I'm sorry. I was just expressing my disappointment that um, it, it's not available through my phone because of all the preceding things, and I can't read, and I just wish I would. I just wanted to let you know I was here. Thank you. Okay, sweetie. I'm glad you're here. And um, Fran, would you, would you read 11 and 12, please? Sure. 11. This is the vision of the Son of God whom you know well. Here is the sight of him who knows his father. Here is the memory of what you are, a part of this, with all of it within and joined to all as surely as all is joined in you. Accept the vision which can show you this and not the body. You know the ancient song and know it well. Nothing will ever be as dear to you as is this ancient hymn of love the Son of God sings to his father still. 12. And now the blind can see, for that same psalm they sing in the honor of their Creator gives praise to them as well. The blindness which they made will not withstand the memory of this song, and they will look upon the vision of the Son of God, remembering who he is they sing of. What is a miracle but this remembering? And who is there in whom this memory lies not? The light in one awakens it in awe. And when you see it in each other, you are remembering for everyone. Wow. Amazing. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Thank you, Fran. And Karen. Nothing will ever be as dear to you as is this ancient hymn of love. The Son of God sings to his Father still. 12. And now the blind can see, for that same song they sing in honor of their Creator gives praise to them as well. The blindness which they made will not withstand the memory of this song. The vision of the Son of God remembering who He is they sing of. What is a miracle but this remembering? And who is there? in whom this memory lies not. The light in one awakens it in all. That in each other, you are remembering for everyone. Thank you, Karen. 
And thank you, everyone, who read this beautiful, beautiful section. Uh, it's not within my ability to summarize it at all. Uh, it defies, defies summary. Uh, but I will point out a couple of really uh, critical ideas about the inner picture from that very first paragraph. Projection makes perception. The world you see is what you gave it, nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not less. Therefore, to you it is important. It is the witness to your state of mind, the outside picture of an inward condition. As a man thinketh, so does he perceive. Therefore, seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. Perception is a result, not a cause. Everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. Nothing perceived without it means anything. And where there is no meaning, there is chaos. In paragraph two, if you see holiness and hope, you join the will of God to set his son free. There is no choice that lies between these two decisions. And you will see the witness to the choice you made and learn from this to recognize which one you chose. The world you see but shows you how much joy you have allowed yourself to see in you and to accept as yours. And if this is its meaning, then the power to give it joy must be within you. I think I'll leave the floor open at this point, and uh, we'll see what the one mind reveals through our voices, huh? We have some time before the top of the hour. This is Iva. Hi. Um, for me, this session that we read today is one of the most beautiful sessions of the Course, and it talks about the ancient memory of the forgotten song um, that we sing to God together. I love it. I love you guys, too. Thank you. I'm complete. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Ida. Thank you. Thank you, Ida. This is Robin Murray. This is Robin Marie, yes, the ancient song, and I've been thinking um, of when I was 13 and taken to Hawaii with my parents and seeing the beautiful Hawaiian dances and the beautiful sound of their voices mixing together and the flames going up with the flamethrowers and the drums and the coconut and and just thinking about how the golden golden that golden arc that 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 awareness of the oneness of creation through the Hawaiian, and so I was I'm very thankful, and I'm thankful that there are responsible, intelligent people 
in Hawaii who will bring that back to Maui. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Robin Marie. That was beautiful. Thank you, Robin Marie. Good morning, it's Karen. And when I was reading this um, earlier this morning, it was like a, I don't know, like something hit me that I'd written a song a long, long time ago about this. And um, I hope it's okay if I read it. I wrote it in 1990. Has a date on it. Starting to grow inside of... Okay. Starting to grow inside of me. Starting to grow. There's a feeling flowing out of me. Starting to glow. Like a song that haunts the night. Like an echo bouncing back. Like a dove that's taking flight, never more shall I attack. There's a spirit that is guiding me. There's a voice that knows the truth. There's a holy life of harmony drawing me ever closer to you. When I think of turning around, when I remember how carefree life was, when I become weary from falling down, just then I starve for the taste of your love. Yes, it's starting to grow inside of me. You're perfect child of light. There's a hope that burns in the depths of me that can't rest when I'm not in your sight. There's a peace growing out of me, starting to grow. There's a calm that now prevails in me, starting to show. There's a, sight, there's a light growing inside of me, starting to grow. There's a wisdom rising within me. I'm starting to know. There's a love growing inside of me, starting to grow. There's a gentle, caring side of me. This love's going to grow. I guess that's it. The song that haunts the night. Like an echo bouncing back, like a dove that's taking flight. Nevermore. Shall I attack? There's a spirit that is guiding me. There's a voice that knows the truth. There's a holy life of harmony drawing me ever closer to you and complete. Oh, that was beautiful. Gosh, I felt your heart in that, Karen. Thank you so much for sharing it. Me too, Karen. Wow, so beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Karen. That was lovely, Karen. Thank you. That really healed my heart. Thank you. And I would love to see it again one day. Thank you. 
in the 90s, I had heard of the course, and I studied a little bit with a group back in Virginia where I was. But until I came out here in 93, but I was, until I came out here, I was also trying to understand my life. I was trying to understand myself. And I had an oracle called the Gaia Matrix Oracle by Rowena Patty Kreider, who has since passed on, but um, that I was using to try to understand my life and my path in life. But little did I know that I would get deeply into A Course in Miracles, and that would help me understand my life and the world and God and all of it. All of it. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Linda, did I hear your voice a moment ago to begin? Yeah, Yeah, not too strong today, but it's here. (laughs) It's here. Yeah. Ralph, what a beautiful holy pause. And Karen, I thank you for the segue you gave us uh, so perfectly to today's lesson. Uh, the reading and the lesson are uh, just hand in glove with each other today. And so, Fran, um, we'll turn to you again with our gratitude, and you can lead us, please. Oh, thank you so much. Hi, everybody. On the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is what is salvation? And today's lesson is Lesson 234, Father, Today I Am Your Son Again. So I shall read some from What is Salvation, and then we will go to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. What is salvation? Salvation is a promise made by God that you would find your way to him at last. It cannot but be kept. It guarantees that time will have an end, and all the thoughts that have been born in time will end as well. God's word is given every mind which thinks that it has separate thoughts and will replace these thoughts of conflict with the thought of peace. The thought of peace was given to God's Son the instant that his mind had thought of war. Let us come daily to this holy place and spend a while together. Here we share our final dream. It is a dream in which there is no sorrow, for it holds a hint of all the glory given us by God. The grass is pushing through the soil, the trees are budding now, and birds have come to live within their branches. Earth is being born again in new perception. Night has gone, and we have come together in the light. From here, we give salvation to the world, for it is here salvation was received. Now we'll go over to the lesson. 
Lesson 234. Father, today I am your son again. Today we will anticipate the time when dreams of sin and guilt are gone and we have reached again the holy peace we never left. Nothing has ever happened to disturb the peace of God, the Father, and the Son. This we accept as wholly true today. We thank you, Father, that we cannot lose the memory of you and of your love. We recognize our safety and give thanks for all the gifts you have bestowed on us, for all the loving help we have received, for your eternal patience and the word which you have given us, that we are saved. We'll do a five-minute practice. Five two, lesson 234. Father, today I am your son again. Five minutes.
Lesson 234. Father, today I am your son again. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Good morning, this is Sandra. And I was wondering why did they say again in this lesson, Father, today I am your son, again. And I think it's because God knows that I have to come home. That's what salvation is. I need to find my way home and I'm living in a world that has forgotten how to get there from, well, pretty much since the beginning of time. Since um, there was a hierarchy of, of nobles and slaves and that whole thing because this planet has been, been based in lies of of exploitation and slavery, which I don't think was the original purpose of this planet. But I want to return home. The planet wants to get back into balance because we're pretty much out of balance. So the again is because God knows that I'm going to forget and that I have to keep remembering this over and over again. That's why they say choose once again and it's it's in here constantly to choose once again and it's about me not judging myself or condemning myself when I forget and just choose once again know the truth of who I am that I and my father are one I am one with my creator and all of creation I'm complete Thank you, Sandra. Choose once again, indeed. It is all throughout the work. Thank you, Sandra. Hi, it's Karen. Good morning. Again, um... In the annotated edition, there was a footnote that said that that reference was about the prodigal son. Um, Now I'm your son again, the coming home um, from being out in the world. You know, the prodigal son left his father and went out into the world and lost all of his, you know, his inheritance. He blew it. And um, when I was meditating early this morning before Reverend Pan's call, that's what I meditated on, you know, just this coming home to the love, coming home to the light, coming back to the um, the banquet my father lays before me when I come back home, you know, and all that you can eat and all that you could want and all the things you could dream of. Everything is in abundance when you come back home. And, of course, the things on the, on the banquet table are um, light, peace, 
joy, love, compassion, all the gifts of spirit, all of the divine um, gifts from God are our inheritance when we come back home, when we stop living in this world of hallucinations and projections and false perception and judgment and sin and darkness and suffering. When we come back home, we're in our Father's protection and in home we're safe and everything is beautiful again. Um, I My personal history has been a cautionary tale. You know, first I was in hell and then I met a spiritual teacher and had a spiritual awakening and then um, I left him. I didn't, you know, it's a, it, it was a lesson in specialness. I thought I was being receptive to him. I thought there was something wrong with it, you know, but it was really the divine. And um, so it's taken a long time to learn certain lessons and come back home. But to come back home to that that light, that infinite light, that that song, that haunting song reminds us of, you know, that wisp of a melody that we remember, a place where there's so such perfect love, infinite love, love without opposite, and the light, the light that expands to everything, which is what the reading is talking about. It's absolutely what, you know, the inner world really is. And when we find it again, we can see it in the outer world. Um, my former path was, with that teacher, was a path of uh, meditation, with total meditation. Um, anyway, this is the most beautiful reading. And now it's like the opposite. You have to look at the, I have to look at the world and remember that it's not the problem, that it's my inner world that needs healing and restoration and faith and openness to the divine. Anyway, thank you for letting me share that. I'm complete. Oh, that was beautiful, Karen. Thank you, Karen, and thanks again for that poem. I'm just so, um, so I'm full of gratitude for the fact that you shared that with us. It was really beautiful. Yes, it was. Thank you, Amory. Thank you. Staggering. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, I feel very grateful that you let me share it. Thank you. If you ever wondered how this world came to be, the course answers that in many ways. But the 
lesson today and the reading really uh, brings this home for me. Those first three words in the introduction, projection makes perception. That is huge. In those three words, it describes the making of the world of illusion. We project this world, and so we see this world. He says, the world you see is what you gave it. Nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not rest. And we hold on the world because to us it's important. It's our creation. And it's a witness to our state of mind. He says, as a man thinketh, so does he perceive. This paragraph to me is hugely important because it goes to the heart of the making of the world we see. Then this famous line, seek not to change the world, but will to change your mind about the world. And one of the things he says about the world in another place in the course is there is no world. And I can remember having long discussions with my friend Lee Flynn about that idea. And in my opinion, what we try to do is figure out a way to have our cake and eat it too. We want at least certain aspects of this world to be real, to be true, to be as God created it. 
but he says in too many places in horse that the world is a result of our projection. It came into existence when we accepted the tiny mad idea that was not true then, is not true now, and never will be true. It's a false idea, and therefore what sprang from that idea that was separate from God, and that includes the world we see. Everything that sprang from that tiny, that idea was not true. And never will be true. And we can't make it true. No matter how hard we try. God knows it can't be true. Perception is a result, not a cause. When we understand what perception is, which I understand to be everything I see, everything I feel and touch, everything that seems to be happening in the world, that's all perception. And it's unreal. It's a result of my thoughts. Seek not to change the world, but to change your thoughts about the world. Projection makes perceptions. Those are two important thoughts. Projection is a result of my thinking, my thoughts. I project it, and so I see it. And it happens so quickly that we don't even realize it's happening. So the work of the Course is to undo that primary thought that fundamental idea that 
I could be separate from God. And that everything that stemmed from that tiny mass idea can be real, can be true. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Thank Harrison. You, Harrison. I'd just Thank like you. to add that. Oh, thank you so much, Harrison. I'd just like to add that our will determines our perception. So I can will to align with the the mind of God rather than with the mind of the ego. And I may have to do it over and over and over again because my will can be weak at times. That's where repetition comes in. I'm complete. Thank you both. Uh, Good Good discussion.
Good morning, everyone. This morning. I'm coming to, um, gratefully, I'm coming to this lesson and this reading today uh, after I had a really, um, I hesitate to use the word catastrophic, but um, it felt uh, a catastrophic occurrence to my peace of mind last night. And, uh, and and the story uh, the story doesn't matter uh, like it mattered last night. Um, it, you know those stories, those situations that, that you uh, seem to get involved in. I do anyway. I still do those situations that disturb my peace of mind. So so completely that I forget everything I I know is real and true and seem to choose instead something different and and so um, and so when I picked up the lesson this morning and the reading you know that place that you feel like I'm a big fat liar that place uh, that's that's how I felt this morning because I realized I had been untrue. I'd been unfaithful to my vision, uh, to what God has revealed to me about the truth. And so it seems I'm always coming home, <laughs> you know. Choose once again. Choose once again if you take your place among the saviors of the world or leave your brother out without you. And that was the disturbance, you know, a judgment, a judgment that seemed like many judgments uh, all rolled into one, all with catastrophic consequences, uh, not only to my peace of mind, but um, to the way truth is reflected in, um, in my capital S self. Um, so I'm always coming home. Is that a mistake? Is the question, is that a mistake? I ask myself, or is that another gentle lesson? Gentle lessons are learned easily, he says. I don't have to learn through pain. <laughs> the painful lessons I taught myself and, and all of them, you know, he's making it really clear in this in this reading about projection and perception. It all stems from judgment. It, there it says in paragraph two, it all stems from judgment. What is salvation but a promise that you would find your way to God at last, a promise that cannot not be kept? Um, the only thing it asks me to leave outside <laughs> when I accept salvation is judgment. And judgment or vision you both cannot have, he says. You've learned that. You've learned that. And when 
whenever I make a judgment, it, it never fails. The consequences are always the same. I, I looked at Lesson 301 this morning because the words, we wept because we did not understand, are so precious to me. We wept because we did not understand. That Lesson uh, 301 is God himself will wipe away all their tears. I wept because I did not understand. Father, unless I judge, I cannot weep. Unless I judge, I cannot weep, nor can I suffer pain. Judgment and vision. And in this reading, he says, just accept vision. Just accept the vision. Just accept the vision of the Son of God whom you know well. Isn't that beautiful? This is the vision in paragraph 11. This is the vision of the Son of God whom you know well. And the story doesn't matter at all. You know, with an unforgiving thought, it goes wildly about overturning everything because it wants to hang on to that projection so desperately that it has to justify its failure to forgive. Oh, that story clings. That story clings so hard. And, and the insistence that um, this is wrong and this is right is so um, so bedeviling, you know. It holds my mind so tightly. But when I release that judgment, which I must if I'm to return to peace and be true to myself, which I must if I'm going to be true to myself, because to suffer those pains is so unpleasant. It's worse than unpleasant. Um, Tossed and turned for hours. And I knew that I had done this to myself. But the gentle lesson is always the same. You know, he says, his lesson heart 69 by grace I live by grace I am released by grace I give by grace I will release and he says it in this reading the world you see is is how much joy you've allowed to be in you I can't judge and have joy at the same time I can't judge and have vision at the same time. My mind, this mind we share, is constructed so perfectly that it cannot entertain two conflicting thoughts at the same time. It just can't. It's impossible to contain conflicting thoughts at the same time because giving and receiving are one in truth. And I must receive the truth from the Holy Spirit, and I must share the truth of the Holy Spirit in order to experience this vision of the Son of God, whom you know well. Salvation, he says in 169, salvation is a theme that runs through all of creation. It runs through all of creation. There's nothing condemned in God's world. Nothing. Nothing is condemned in God's world. And when I entertain judgment and condemnation, um, I experience the effects of that judgment and condemnation myself. 
that's the consequence of projection, making perception. <laughs> it, it never fails to be the truth. And so what I really wanted to talk about was my desire for peace because it's unbearable to experience the dark like that. And I'm remembering uh, a quote. You see what you see what you believe it is there, and you believe it's there because you want it there. An unforgiving thought <laughs> wants to hold on to its projection really tightly. Um, but if I want something different, that's what I'll have. And. Um, and that's the vision of Christ, whom you know well. What is the face of Christ, he says? But one who went a moment into the light and brought back a reflection of the unity he felt there. That's um, giving and receiving, being one in truth. Um, I'm back to the question now. Was this a mistake? Was this event last night a mistake? No. I don't believe it was. I don't believe it was at all. Because every time I release my mind from the judgments that I hold, I experience once again the truth. And I said yesterday um, that it's very true in my experience that um, I need to form a habit I need a better habit than judgment. Judgment is just a habit. And if I've learned anything at all from this section this morning, today, um, is that I need to resign as my own teacher once again. <laughs> you know, judgment, everything that occurs in the mind as a consequence of judgment is based on the past. And I have a very tight grip. Uh, my mind seems to have a very tight grip on what it learned about um, judging in the past, what to accept and what to reject. All of that is um, misteaching. I taught myself wrongly. The Holy Spirit would like to give me vision. And when I accept that, I will experience the vision of the Son of God whom you know well my identity restored. And what is my identity except the sum total of, of all the souls God created? There's no one, no one excluded from the abundance of the Father. And it's only my judgment that would make it seem so. And my judgment is always based on the past. I want a new perception. I want that light in which all of us are joined in truth, no one excluded. I want my peace more than I want judgment. And that's a pretty gentle lesson. I haven't hurt anyone. No one's hurt me. I had a divergence back into the world, and I can return. I lost my footing. I slipped off my horse. But always, God goes with me wherever I go. God is the light in which I see. God is the strength in which I trust. 
If God goes there, why should I be afraid to go with him? I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. That was so good. Thank you, Lori. That was very nice. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Laurie, Laurie, you touched something deep inside. Uh, There's only one time during the day when my shadow is no longer, when the light is high above me, shining directly down upon me. And as I hold the light of the Christ high within me and in my brothers and sisters, in that light that I hold high, then the shadow lessens and lessens until the light encompasses together as one. The time of the shadow, the morning and the evenings, we thank you for your ability to shine the light in your heart for all of us. For in your light, is our grace and forgiveness recognized inside ourselves as well. Thanks, Lori, for your share. That was a blessing. Thank you, Charles. 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 I'm going to say it one more time. God is the love in which I forgive. Thank you, Lori. You're wonderful. I love you. You can call me anytime for support if you feel you need it or whatever, just to talk. I'm complete. Oh, that's just sweeter and sweet, Ida. Thank you. Hi, this is Judy. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. I just came in, Lori, and in the middle of what, of your share, your beautiful share, and I uh, heard the first one of the first things that I heard was that um, perception is projection, or projection is perception, and that we we really mirror on the world what is within our state of mind, and that's what I would add to it. That's something that I learned that I see, what I see is is my own state of mind. And, you know, I love the way you, you said that God goes there with me, why, why wouldn't I go with him? <laughs> like God is everywhere, and God is in everything I see. And I love the way you always bring those, those thoughts together, that my mind is very holy, my mind... My holiness blesses everything that I see and um, the the realization, and thank you, Charles, for your share, too, that the realization that there is no darkness, the darkness and ignorance and, and, and the misperception are only in my own mind that needs to be healed. If I'm seeing any error, mistake, or imperfection in the world, it's because it's something that needs to be healed in my own mind. It's my mind I need to be responsible for. It's my seeing and how it makes me feel. Um, It's the right use of my judgment. If I'm feeling peaceful and happy and free, then 
I know I'm uh, I'm close to my source. Oh God, what He has me saying. I haven't read the the text. Reread the text this morning. I've been at a an anniversary for a friend who's celebrating 36 years in um, my beloved fellowship, and um, you know she was one of the first people who saw through all the darkness in, in, in me that I wanted to hide and pretend wasn't there, stuff that I thought was true about me and, you know, that we can't hide. The idea that we're only as sick as our secrets is really true, um, that there really is nothing to hide, that there's simply mistaken ideas about herself. And But she was one of the first people who looked at me through the eyes of God she was a lady who was filled with grace and love and gentleness, singularly and, um, an expression of God's gentleness and grace. And um, acknowledge my friend Karen today because she saw through all my self-deception to the truth in me when I knew I, didn't, I did not yet know who I was. Amen. Thank you for all my beloved companions. I love you, and have a joyful, peaceful day. I am complete. Oh, thank you, Judy. Don't we just need that person, that that one who sees through us? (laughs) Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. You know, I, I, I used to struggle with that idea of being transparent and, you know, being honest and open and authentic and real um, in, in form um, is the easiest, kindest, most loving way to be. But we hide. We hide behind pretenses, ideas of self-concept, and I don't want to get too intellectual about it, but... Um, you know, the great pretender and um, in me who used to pretend I was okay when I wasn't, who denied and repressed her feelings um, and tried to run and hide from myself. Um, I think this is an important realization I'm continuing to have that I, I am, I am already all right the acceptance and knowing of myself intimately is what God wants to join with me in, in love and in, in holy presence. That's that intimacy of the holy relationship that enables me to have it with everyone. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thanks, Judy. I was so you know, true, that, Judy. I'm sorry I interrupted you, Lana. No, I was just thanking, thanking Judy, and it's, it's so true what she shared. Yeah, it's, it is so absolutely true. There's a, there's a direct quote in The Course of Love uh, that brings this back to mind to me. And that is only in relationship 
can you know anything. Only in relationship can I know anything. And when my when my relationships are right, pure, perfect, holy, they contain and reflect the truth of whatever it is I see with me. Um, that's that's why uh, he says, "I love you, Father, and I love your Son." My gratitude permits my love to be accepted without fear. Um, I, I, I can't know what I am or what the truth of anything is or what my father is except in relationship and only in relationship can I know anything otherwise um, you know I get the image of sitting in plain solitaire for a thousand years you know I, what can I know in relationship with nothing but nothing um, I need relationship because it's only a relationship that love can be experienced and expressed and uh, and that right there that right there should cause my mind to spring to forgiveness when I forget the truth um, because to forget the truth is to forget the truth about me and the truth about God and the truth about everything um, that's why salvation runs lightly through it. I have to change my mind. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. Thanks for that. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. Lori, you reminded me of something I um when you brought up relationship because uh you know, I always kept the one, two, three about A Course in Miracles in my mind. You know, the the motivation is inner peace. The means is forgiveness. And the goal is know thyself. And and when I, you know, when, when A Course of Love came in to my life, I added a fourth one, the path. And the path is through relationship. Without that, it makes all the other things meaningless. It really, truly does. My relationship with God, first and foremost, my relationship with my brothers, my relationship with everything, you know, person, place, or thing, with my paintbrush, with my computer. <laughs> you know, I have a special relationship with my computer sometimes, which I have to heal. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's so key. So thank you for bringing that up. I'm complete. Oh, I love that. One, two, three, four. Thank you, Lana. Oh. Thank, thank you, Lana. I'm going to etch that one. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really working on my special relationship with my body. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thank you, Lana. Thank you, guys. You guys, hello, Lana. She's so... She doesn't complain. She knows the course. She teaches with the Holy Spirit. 
if you call her and you have a problem, that's what she does. She um, just tells you the truth, but she tells you the truth with love. And I love Lana. <laughs> I'm complete. Oh, God bless you. I love you too, Ida. I love you so much. You can call me anytime. <laughs> oh, Lana, this is Once you gave me your number, and I would love it again, because sometimes I want to hear something like that again. <laughs> Would you? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the first part of what you said. Oh, I said, I. this is Mindy, and I would love to have your phone number again because there's something I wanted to share with you and something that you said earlier that I'd like to hear again if you're willing. Oh, oh absolutely. I have to get my paper where I wrote my phone number down because I don't remember anything anymore. <laughs> I never call me, so I never heard. <laughs> okay, hold on a second. It is. You might, before you do that, you might want to wait until the recording is off unless you want any and oh. everybody to have your phone number. Oh, Very well placed. It's up to you. I don't care. Everybody can have it as far as I'm concerned. Um, 603-762-2620. And that was 623 at the beginning? Yes, 603-762-2620. Beautiful. 603, what a pretty number. All right, thank you. Are you in Florida, Lana? Am I where? In Florida? Oh, no, no. I'm in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Oh, just the opposite climate there. Okay. <laughs> Same time zone. Same time zone. Thank you. It's good to hear your voice. I, I haven't heard you for a while. Nice to have you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I always love your post. <clears throat> your post on Facebook in the group there. I always love reading them. Oh, thank you. Me too. Thank you. Thank you. I always hear it. He puts the words in my mind. <laughs> Amen. I them down. Thank you, Charles. And you are very generous to share them. But thank you very much. This is Charles again. It's come to mind within my uh, share, from the sharing today. Is, uh, I live in a world of make believe. I've made stories up that I believe in. I've made up the ego in which I believe in, and I have given power and strength to the fear in which I believe in. And one of the things I'm coming more and more to realize as I become more quiet and still and less apt to listen to stories anymore, the dawning of God's love starts to shine away that belief. And I feel less and less inclined to make up stories or to believe what I have made and remember what God created. 
and through forgiveness and through peace of mind, he restores back to me the vision that he shares with his son constantly. So thank you for your shares today and reminded me uh, of what forgiveness really is. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. <laughs> Very well. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, yes, Charles. So reminds me of something that um, I've read re- reread recently that's sticking in my mind this week, that um, idea of human temptation, that we, we judge ourselves as this image of which is of our own making. And, 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 and then we, we make the mistake of believing that it's real. And those are the two main human temptations that I think this story, image, body um, of, of me in a, in a beautiful world with beautiful people or not so beautiful people or a difficult world, um, mm-hmm. that a happy dream is mm-hmm. the same as a dream it's still the dream and that is the second temptation to believe that it's real when our reality with the capital R is that we are purely mind and spirit whole with the W and holy as one totality oneness our oneness is our reality and to always remember to to, to stay in that home ground of peace of course and miracles has taught me that's I can't know the truth of who I am, and I loved you, hearing you say that, Lana. That the goal of the course is peace, and to know yourself, know truly know myself, and in order to truly know my capital self, I have to be a condition in the condition. A condition of that is knowing, knowing peace that I am peace itself. It's a condition of knowing that I am the kingdom of God because it's a condition of the kingdom of God, that I am of the kingdom of God, I'm not of this world, that there's no finding peace or perfection in this world, um, and not to try and look for it outside of myself. And that's the human temptation, seeking outside um, of myself. Um, instead of looking inward and knowing the truth of who I am, a constant, changeless state of mind that is in a state of grace forever, peaceful and loving and and um, joyful, joy, joyful at the wonder of uh, the expression of all of this. It's like never ending. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. It's Harrison. Uh, as you were talking, Judy, I was looking at the first paragraph of today's lesson. And the sentence next to the last sentence. Nothing has ever happened to disturb the peace of God, the Father, and the Son. 
struggle. I remember the question I had when I first read that many years ago. Was, who is he talking about? I know who he's talking about when he refers to God the Father. But who is the Son? And of course, throughout the years, I realized that he's talking about me and you and all of my brothers and sisters. And he is, do I accept this as holy true today? That nothing has ever happened to disturb my peace? I'm sorry. It's there an unmuted line. In chapter 26, there's not one note in heaven the sun was missed. Even though my worldly concerns seemed real, my back, my debts, my relationships, um, wars, political disagreements, uh, all of that may seem real, but in truth, they are merely a dream. And it's a dream that started in a thought that never happens in reality. That thought, from that thought, arose a world of time and space and bodies and separate beings. No matter what that separate being may look like, it can be an amoeba. It can be a cat or dog. It can be of course, a human being. It never happened. And if we follow the Course teaching, it leads us to this fundamental idea that's mentioned in many works for teachers when talking about this world. In time, this 
separation, the man said, happened very long ago. In reality, it never happened at all. That's a quote. It goes further to say the world of time is the world of illusion. What happened long ago seems to be happening now. It's like the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> Same thing keeps happening over and over and over. But we paint a different picture. We make it look different through our thoughts. It's the top of the hour. So I'll stop there and complete. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. Just very beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. That was so lovely. Thank you. I'd love to talk about time and space in the after call. Thank you, Harrison, for bringing it up. Mm. Well, there you have it. So we'll end our recording here at the top of the hour. Uh, But the call, of course, continues. Uh, It's so hard to leave each other from these times we share. But this morning, let's close with the prayer we're given. I think I'll memorize this one and keep it in my mind every hour today. We thank you, Father, that we cannot lose the memory of you and of your love. We recognize our safety and give thanks for all the gifts you've bestowed on us, for all the loving help we have received, for your eternal patience and the word which you have given us that we are saved. We thank you, Father. Today we are your son again. Amen. And uh, we'll continue after we end this.